1: Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It's Superhero Friday. I know it it probably feels like every Friday is Superhero Friday at the moment, but this one, we've got bumper stuff. We've got the Snyder Cut is finally here. We've got Falcon and and the Winter Soldier. (laughs) I can't say it. The Falcon Show. And we've got even Marvel's Avengers is doing some stuff. But with me to discuss all that are two Midland superheroes. We've got... (laughs) son of godiva dale driver oh, i like that i'm having that one <laughs> yeah it's good it, it in the right handle well. straight away yeah yeah and we've got the wolf at the door <laughs> matt pursler hello <laughs> oh lads a lot of superior stuff to talk about isn't there
0: mm, what's your name though we need one for you where oh, are I'm you from, Enfield know. or something?
1: Yeah, yeah, like, um, like Enfield North. The Eagle, north. Of, north. the Enforcer. Eagle of Enfield. The yeah. Eagle. Uh, well, what about the rifle? Because the Enfield rifles mm. are from round the corner from me. So just the, the Enfield rifle. Call there me that. Like. Done. There we done. Uh, give myself nicknames. You should never give yourself a nickname. <laughs> that is embarrassing. Um, right. Do you know what else is embarrassing? No, we won't start with that. The Snyder cut. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Let's just let's just start, we're not going to spoil it, mm-hmm. um, although a lot of the scenes are the same from a few years ago, we're still not going to spoil any plot to this film. We may talk about some of the stuff that was in the one from three years, was it three years ago now? 2017. Was, four. four yeah. um, we're going to talk around it, because so, obviously it's a four hour film, which a lot of people won't have had the time in the past day to watch all of. Like me, I've only seen the first hour, so I can only speak to that. Whereas both of you, you managed to get it done. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All in one go as well, which surprised me. I did not expect to do that. But, um, I was interviewing Zack Snyder a a little while ago, so I had to watch it basically before Mm -hmm. I, um, did it. But yeah, I was originally intending to watch it more like a TV show. And to its absolute credit, I managed to get through all in four hours, which I think probably says, at least from my opinion, a a lot about it's the improvements that it's made um yeah i think it is for anybody that doesn't know it is a four hour and two minute recut like the director's original vision of justice league which obviously when it first came out was kind of like half his half joss whedon's because of the studio change up and obviously zach had to leave the project and so this is a guess the easiest way to explain it is if you've seen the original justice league it is that with another entire film's worth of stuff on top of it which I guess for a film that everybody complained about because it obviously didn't have the build-up that the Avengers had, it didn't have those individual movies that went together, it sort of does a bit of that lifting, especially around Cyborg, who basically has no backstory really to speak of in the original film, and now basically has an entire film that's just sort of put into this film about like his backstory and how he's there, but it's not quite the same as having all of the lead-up that Avengers had. It is four hours of this story it just happens to have kind of more material around why certain characters are there mm-hmm. so for example so- steppenwolf the main villain has a lot more like motive and understanding of why he's here and i think overall that creates for a much more coherent film my caveat here is is while i do think that snyder has been able to make a reasonably good film out of sort of like what he has I fundamentally do not like Zack Snyder's approach to superhero movies and so I think there's still a lot about this film that I do not like.
1: Mm, that is... So yeah, like I said, I'm only an hour in and I think I'm in a similar boat too. It's just... I just think there was never a world where I was going to think this would become a masterpiece just because, yeah, like I said, Snyder's approach to making these films isn't what I'm looking for. And the main problem I had with these films is what you said. There was no build up these characters just this is the first time we really see cyborg aquaman the flash that's half of the team we're just thrown in Mm -hmm. like straight away i haven't got to really the scenes i've heard a lot of people are good with ray fisher and as his cyborg i haven't got to a lot of those yet which i hear like do make a big difference but i just can't feel they make a big enough difference to me at this point yeah, they definitely... I, I will care for these characters.
2: Mm-hmm. They definitely make a difference, and it's a case of, like, as you say, for Aquaman, there's a lot of stuff, like, under the sea in this. But like I didn't realise they'd shot anything with Amber Heard and Willem Dafoe, but that stuff is here. You're going to be able to see and understand a little bit more about why Aquaman is in the position where he doesn't really feel like taking up the mantle of the King of Atlantis mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It still is... Small parts of a four hour movie that's doing a completely different storyline. So it does have a bit of that. So many things being jammed in the same pot. But by virtue of it being four hours, it does allow these things to breathe a little more. But it's still a four hour movie that's spinning a million different plates in, uh, like this weird kind of grim dark style he's got for superheroes that I don't actually enjoy.
1: No. Um, like that's the thing it's four hours and so far I've seen no real justification for that the first hour which is the first two parts it's split into I don't know how many chapters is it in total six I think overall six so I've watched the first two chapters and yeah, I'm like I don't want to be too down on it just because I'm bored of talking Mm -hmm. (laughs) about how bad some of these are but um I was just bored. Like, that's like, and that's not what I want to be when I'm watching a superhero film. I was bored. Like, even the action sequences, I was like, this isn't doing a lot for me. I do like the famous serious scene when they're, mm-hmm. um, like relaying the box from like horse to horse. That I think is a cool scene, even if a lot of the CGI isn't up to scratch. Um, but like, there's just too like this, he uses slow mo so much. Like, there's so many, like the first 10 minutes of the film is in slow motion with someone just screaming like i don't know what that's not setting a tone of like oh i'm into this now like it's not like that hard like all and i don't want to compare it to the marvel films because they're a completely different beast but Mm -hmm. they are what i prefer like if you think every marvel film they open with like a really cool action scene that just like punches you in the face and like gets you like right i'm having fun with these characters the sand quips this is the complete opposite it's like a really slow dark trudge and i'm just like it made me realize why i don't like these characters
2: It's interesting because kind of like that slow motion stuff, I think is very much Zack's, like Zack Snyder has a lot of things that are distinctly him. He has a very distinct direct style and I admire that to a certain extent. Like I like that he has a vision that he's very unco- to the point where he has literally gone and managed to find 70 million from Warner Brothers to make the thing that he desperately wanted to make. And I sort of admire that as a, as like an artist. And mm. he's got this idea that for him, superheroes are gods among men and i admire that that's what he wants to do for me they're not in the way that he he almost puts them on these big pedestals and i think superheroes are far more interesting when they're normal people that have weird abilities that you can sort of dig into this all leads to dale like i know that we've both watched the four hours of it and i think you but you agree with me that the film is far more coherent and far more watchable and actually delivers a film but I know that you probably dislike it more than me
0: uh so yeah I wasn't a fan (laughs) at (laughs) all I actually I did it in I did it all day yesterday but I did it in four different sittings like I did a bit when I woke up a bit on my lunch break then a bit just before my tea and then a bit later on in the evening uh only because I felt like it deserved a shot like there was Mm -hmm. so much around it that I felt like it was fair to watch the whole thing before I critiqued it but it definitely is more coherent. I agree with that, but I think it's a coherent, still a coherent five out of ten film. Like I don't think it's fundamentally. I don't think it's a good film. Yeah. And yes, it makes a bit more sense now, but it doesn't make it a better film. Um, I think my problems with it are kind of endless. To be honest, there's so much <laughs> stuff, and I I could go into a lot of detail about it. But I think Caddy, you touched on it a little bit with the intro. Like I was never having fun. And this is a film about people who've got supernatural, like amazing powers. And I never mm-hmm. felt like I was having fun with them. Like, you know, in every Marvel film or even some DC films as well, you have sections where the super, the, the superheroes having fun or they're, you know, they're exploring their yeah. powers. And I never feel like I have that moment. Well, in that's these what films. I was
1: like always told when like, I'm not saying I'm a screenwriter, but whenever I was at university and we did like screenwriting modules or something, like even if you're telling like, a fundamentally dark story or a sad story, you've got to have those peaks where there's joy. Otherwise, people yes. are just like a constant, like, like oh god, this is tough. And it, like even in like the darkest films you can think of, like there's one liners or well, there's little moments to smile. Someone's having a nice day or a birthday. Like there's something where someone something nice is yeah. happening. You need and the weight, problem with this film, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the problem with this film for me is I think the Flash is meant to be that character, mm-hmm. that comedy relief, and to me he's just utterly annoying i hate that version of the flash like so much it's a shame because i like but i don't like
2: like and i wondered for a while is it was that a joss whedon element because and you know i say this as a fan of joss whedon's writing but he has a particular quippy style that i know Mm. doesn't doesn't work for everyone but also doesn't work for every character and there was something about flash the first time around that i didn't get on with but i think he is fundamentally the same character in this version of the film so yeah that hasn't worked
0: no just... i feel like um i'm, I'm not going to spoil it but i say the first scene we proper scene we see with flash that felt like an opportunity where it should be a lot of fun mm-hmm. and to show like mm-hmm. he's the lighthearted elements elements this film and i didn't i thought that scene was like really poorly executed i won't go into details yeah. about why because it might spoil it but i i did not get that impression at all and i just like, found the whole thing like miserable affair although if even they've like down mm-hmm. to the color palette that's his color palette right he loves using that sort of style but the muted colors and the just the brownness and the grayness it just puts me off all the time
1: like yeah i feel like you know and it sounds like a very simple swap and you know we'll never know but like if you had tom holland in there instead of ezra miller for mm. me i think you fundamentally got a much more likable film in general but- yeah like, that's i don't think that would it. fix i think it's yeah, the script
2: really. for me because i like ezra miller i think like he's he's great in perks See, of yeah, being I... a wallflower. i just mm-hmm. i don't i think it's the way that flash is written for me if you I think especially he's if you compare just compare him to like yeah yeah compare him to barry allen in the cw shows who is a yeah. much more likable and yes the cw shows are a lot camper than the movies you know they're not supposed to be dark they're almost mm-hmm. the modern day equivalent of the 1966 batman um but he Barry Allen there is much more likable and less irritating. Mm. I think is that there, there almost an element of irritation to Barry here because he's supposed to be real and gritty and sort of like people that quip in real life can be irritating. Like I don't, yeah. I yeah, I don't really know where I, the direction is there.
0: I, yeah, I go on, Kelly,
1: go on. i just no. I forgot how dark it was as well. Like mm. in my head, it wasn't like in my head when we watched Justice League at first. Like I didn't hate the Justice I really don't like Batman vs. Superman. I'll put that out there. I think that mm-hmm. is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Like, a terrible piece of filmmaking. But, you know, that's another conversation. Yeah. I remember coming out of Justice League thinking, that is better than Batman vs. Superman. I had a little bit of fun. It was okay. Yeah. I... But I completely forgot how... Like, in my head, it was it was a bit more joyful. Maybe it's because they got to, like... It was only two hours, so... The dark stuff didn't drag on as long, but I don't remember. I completely forgot about that whole scene from the lad from Game of Thrones just wanting to shoot a load of children oh, to yeah. uproot the world. I was like, I don't know really what he was planning on doing. Yeah, that, that but... was <laughs> a
0: bizarre motivation. That was Bruce Bolton. Yeah. And he, that's, yeah. that's the obviously the Wonder Woman scene as well. Even that, yeah. I think that's supposed to be like a, almost like a fun, like reintroductory of Wonder Woman to the audience, mm-hmm. right? And even that, it's just, it's so plagued by slow-mo sections. Mm-hmm. I feel like that entire scene is in slow-mo when she's fighting. That yeah. it, it just becomes a bit of a slog to watch. It's not fun. It's not energetic or exciting. I guess that, maybe when she's sliding on her knees and reflecting bullets, I know that's a bit spoiler territory, but yeah. You
2: know. <laughs> so this scene overall, cause this scene is in the original version of, of Just Lee, but it is shot slightly. So like, like Joss Whedon, I think, reshot some of the, the camera angles and did some like different cut to that scene. But fundamentally, to me, it's that's where you see that Zack Snyder's vision for who these characters are doesn't line up with what I want from them, because I don't think it like this is not a spoiler to say that kind of like Wonder Woman defeats these people that are holding up a bunch of children. But the way she does it is incredibly violent. And for me, Wonder Woman is a character of peace. And she says to a little girl, like, she just looks up at her and goes, like, oh, wow. And then Wonder Woman's like, you can be whoever you want to be. As in to say, like, yes, you can be me, the person that just basically decimated and exploded a bunch of people in front of your eyes. And, like, Wonder Woman, you you compare that to the Wonder Woman movies where, like, she would, like, lasso people out of the way and break their guns and leave them to be arrested by the authorities. They're two
1: entirely different characters. Mm -hmm. and Yeah. I think uh, that's what it comes to. I just don't, I'm not a fan of like I, I I don't dislike Snyder as a filmmaker in total like he does have some things I like I think he does have a lot of style sometimes I really like I still think 300 is a fun film to watch mm. it has its moments I, love I really Watchmen. like his version of Watchmen exactly yeah, Watchmen, I like Watchmen too. but I think the key with Watchmen is he didn't put his own spin on those characters he literally used that book as a storyboard exactly. and didn't really put a twist on them yeah. uh, so I I mean I just, yeah, it's okay. just his vision of this isn't to my taste and I don't think it ever was going to... Like, this cut was never going to fix that for yeah.
0: me. Surprisingly, um, so I know, obviously, there's talk about Cyborg being more fleshed-out character now and feeling like he's part of mm. it more, but I found him to be wholly a miserable affair. Like, I wanted to see him before... Is, obviously we do see glimpses of him before, but I wanted to see him having fun and being like a happy guy and stuff as well. Like he's Understanding just, what he's lost, right? Yeah, he's because... just miserable all the way through the film. Whereas mm-hmm. the one that I did flip on slightly was Superman, who I won't go into it, but I did enjoy Superman quite a bit more this time. It's probably the one character I did enjoy a bit more. Um mm-hmm. I thought um, Batman, obviously it has, a, has the same problems what Matt just mentioned about Wonder Woman. I just fundamentally like, this version of Batman just doesn't sit right at all especially towards the end I think the last half an hour of him doesn't feel like like how quick is he to talk about being Bruce Wayne to everybody all the way through it as well
1: I feel like that is just a shame because I quite like Ben Affleck and I don't know if it's necessarily his fault I think it again comes down to just the interpretation of that mm, character mm.
0: Yeah, so I guess no matter how long the cut is, what scenes you use it's always going to be the same issue if you have those problems, you're not going to like this version, it's just a longer version of it Yeah, um, yes. Yeah,
1: um, I've seen a lot of mad, you know, don't get me wrong there's a lot of people that hate this film, I wouldn't say I hate it like a strong, like, so far like that, I think, you know, 5 yeah. 5 out of 10, like 2 maybe pushing in 3 stars, I don't know but, um, like I've seen a lot of also just mad like, people say it somewhat, like Please explain to me if you do think this film is a masterpiece. I'm not going to take the piss out of you. Don't worry. I want to know why you think this is a masterpiece because mm. I don't like what is the aspects of this you enjoy. I just want to know. I just want to know why. Because you see, a lot of people just go, "Ah, oh, it's the best thing ever." I I don't actually see many. I haven't seen many full on like critiques or arguments saying why why. Just yeah. like why is this a great film? Like a lot of people I've seen saying like. Or you can, like, all those boys down to Marvel vs. DC, which is just boring and exhausting. But it's like, oh, you've got your Marvel, like, popcorn films. Like, this is the true artist's, like, comic book film. It's the Lord of the Rings of, like, comic book films. It's like, no, it's not, because (laughs) Lord (laughs) of the Rings is very fun. (laughs) Um, but.
0: Like, yeah the, the only argument i've seen people making for why they like this is because they're saying oh we're finally giving some of these characters more screen time and getting to learn them but as i but if you fundamentally don't like i don't talk i don't care about the comic book version of the character i care about yeah. what's in front of me on the screen and if you fundamentally don't like this presentation of it it's not a good film yeah
1: mm-hmm. exactly and it's not a slight on snyder at all, cause i don't think it's his fault and obviously what happened to him was a tragedy but look, like, yeah i just yeah and fair enough he probably has put a lot of passion into this film mm. for me it doesn't show on screen i don't see the passion in there but
2: so you know, i think i yeah. do but i okay. just it's just not my and like it's like i say shared. i think i rate yeah. it higher than either you but like for me it's a six out of ten because i think overall like the story it's telling doesn't feel all that compelling mm. but i can i can see it as an artistic point like everything there is it is a really defined vision. It's just a vision that I mm-hmm. don't yeah. like. Uh, one thing I will say is, if you've got your heart set on the Joker stuff, please <laughs> go into this four-hour thing not expecting a lot, because most of this four hours is definitely stuff that he had originally shot. Like, If you don't know how films are made, filmmakers shoot an awful lot more footage than they ever end up using, and a lot of this is stuff that was originally shot, and you can tell because the quality... Of those is substantially higher than anything that got reshot. No, and some yeah. of that has to be re-CGI'd. And I think you'll find that the CG budget isn't quite enough, and there are shots in this film that look really quite bad in comparison to other stuff. Yeah. But the stuff that was reshot with Jared Leto the, the stuff that was new material with Jared Leto um, looks quite bad. It, it's not very well realized in terms of its CG. It was quite obviously done on a green screen set, but also adds fundamentally nothing to the film <laughs> other than some quite cringeworthy, really poorly thought out
0: dialogue. Hundred percent. I think I think the uh, the last half the entire last half an hour of this film, I'm not gonna say anything about it apart from it's just completely unnecessary and a mess. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't yeah. need to be it feels fan servicey like all the way through it. It just feels it was like throwing shit at the wall, just like let's mm-hmm. just chuck everything in. Like this is the one chance we have got to make this remake this film even though it's talking about being four hours to get all this stuff in it felt like it could have easily been a three-hour film like it didn't mm-hmm. need to be four hours it, like oh. it's so bloated even from the start um it's one minor spoiler to say sorry really to spoil but there's like a five ten minute scene with cyborg like looking at someone's bank account like <laughs> <laughs> like a digital representation digital representation of someone's bank account and i was like this did not need to be here <laughs> i'm gonna finish
1: over the next couple of days and i can't wait for that scene but yeah mm-hmm. it's just i think everyone like it's been well reported it doesn't really finish it ends on a big cliffhanger mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like it's just it'll just be intriguing to see what happens next and what like because obviously it yeah, there's the whole campaign which is another uh, yet again another conversation about how this film even came about yeah, yeah. like w- what happens next do more films get made because you're going to be in this position now where you've also got The Batman coming out. Well, <laughs> looks I think so next year better. now or later. That is more. <laughs> yeah yeah that that's much more wild. i will want. say but, um
2: <laughs> i if you were looking forward to this film i hope it's everything you want like i genuinely have no if if these are the sort of films that you like i have nothing against the fact that that's the batman and superman and wonder woman that you want to see and i hope it does everything for you but i also hope that this is the end of this chapter <laughs> yes. and sort of like that math you know i'd love if matt reeves's batman you know is really mm-hmm. good and, and paves the way for a new form of dc
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I like um, the trajectory with the Joker as well. I like this, like t- just telling stories. You know, or one-off stories. They don't have to copy Marvel's format. You know, mm-hmm. do you do your own thing? And I really like the idea of doing Joker and the Batman, and then I guess even Wonder Woman, uh, like, was kind of even though she's connected to that universe, she's still it was still an isolated story. Yeah, I, I like that yeah. approach.
1: Uh, and I can already hear the people saying well matt reeves is the batman looks very dark and you said you don't want to see the dark version of his characters for a batman standalone film i think that can work because mm. mm. that his world is very much like that and fundamentally i have a lot more faith in matt reeves than i do Zack Snyder, so that's why i'm personally more but the dark, dark night is
2: really dark it's, i think the fundamental thing is like i just yeah. don't think the values of the snyder vs batman is the same as what i perceive batman yeah. to be um yeah. and i just think he looks like he's having a bit of a boring time <laughs> yeah
0: you say the dark night's really dark but they still have scenes like you know when that one guy's trying to blackmail him and stuff yeah, like yeah. that there's still elements there's, there's uh, fun, fun. Yeah, yeah there's
1: fun in there mm. exactly um i think that's enough about that i'm sure we'll talk about it again maybe we'll do a spoiler for section i'm sure a lot that we'll, we'll have a lot of feedback about the sniper, i imagine i do genuinely want to hear why you think it's good don't worry you're not gonna have the piss taken out of you we're not nasty people um but yeah, it's just not for us, I think, fundamentally, no. is what we're coming down to. It's just not for us. Do you know what it is for us, though? Because we're massive Marvel fanboys. <laughs> um, no, we're not. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier has returned today. No spoilers again, because mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of people will be getting around to watching it or haven't seen it yet. But it is another good start to a Marvel TV show. Matt. Mm. You've reviewed Hi. this. Yep. You just can't stop reviewing the Marvel shows. Is that because you hate DC and everything <laughs> to do? No, that? He didn't
0: review Justice League, did he? So no, exactly. Yeah. What
1: are we thinking there? Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're a, if you're a fan of Justice League, that may be to your benefit because we gave it an eight because <laughs> someone that did like it reviewed yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, talking of eights, that is also what I gave the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is one point higher than I gave the uh, the WandaVision intro. And mm-hmm. uh, part of that is I think that. I think Falcon and Winter Soldier drills a little bit deeper to the heart of what that show is more immediately than WandaVision does. And I know that that wasn't the point. WandaVision was supposed to disguise kind of what its true intents were through the sitcom thing. But I think by getting to the heart of the matter quite quickly, there's already quite a lot of interesting things about these characters that have been laid out. And it's definitely a character focused piece. At least this first episode is. It might become a bit more action focused and buddy comedy as the line goes down. But certainly it establishes it as a show about character and about who those people are. To the point that there's there's only two action scenes in this entire episode and it's a 45-minute episode. Um so it's very much about like themes of honour and duty and responsibility from um from Falcon. We all know that at the end of Endgame he was given Captain America's Shield, which sort of suggests that Steve was like, hey, it's time for you to do this. And I think this show is going to explore the ideas of what that means to, to Falcon, how he's mm-hmm. going to, you know, approach that and whether he even wants it or, or how he'd like to, to perceive that. Mm-hmm. And then with Bucky, who I think has always been quite a 2D character so far. He's never had quite, uh, you know, a huge amount because he's, he's a villain for one film and then the other films, he's sort of like yeah. a background character. Yeah. And so this really drills to the idea of like, what if, you know, you'd spent, a great deal of your 90 years that you have somehow managed to be alive through like cryogenesis and, and special serums I know that what happens are. if most of that time you've been indoctrinated by like what spun out of the nazi party you've been going around killing a lot of people but you've since been deprogrammed and are now trying to reintegrate into american society and so there's loads of really interesting sort of digging around there kind of like how he's there's like a parallel to substance abuse where he's got like a therapist that's helping him through this and it's like well with substance abuse how do you get over the people that you hurt but also mm-hmm. the fact that you were a victim of like uh, like the drug system at the same time mm-hmm. and these are quite deep subjects for a Marvel show to sort of be exploring but I really like that it's going there
1: Yeah, I really like it so I think it's similar to Division. it's an exploration of grief at the start as well mm-hmm. but much more of a human but like obviously Falcon and Winter Soldier they are just men they've had things happen to them they have gadgets and bionic arms and such but you know they are just fundamentally humans whereas Wonder is a you know at a this witch? point another worldly yeah another worldly creature like she so can conjure up a whole town whereas Falcon and Wind Soldier yeah they're just uh, they're both people have lost their best and you get the sense only friends in this mm-hmm. world really and they're now just alone living like and you also get that sense that marvel do so well of all these characters you think are in like falcon and sort Soldier. they've never really spent any time together like they don't know each other really they're not friends they're both they have a mutual friend who happened to be the most famous person in the world but <laughs> like i really enjoy like yeah seeing them basically try and live a normal life because at this point we're not really and we've not seen it like what after infin after endgame even do the Avengers exist? Are they doing anything or are they all just off living, trying to get on with their life now? And that's Mm. what we're seeing. There's lots of good scenes of them trying to adjust to normal life. And I, yeah, I really like Bucky in this. I think he, like the scene, I don't don't suppose there's a really good reveal in this that is just like heartbreaking, but like you get the sense like, oh, he's a bit of an asshole, but then you're seeing, oh, he's not. He's just basically just riddled with guilt
0: yeah and that's the the back to these justice league a little bit the one thing that (laughs) that sort of um made this stand out because i watched them almost back to back i watched one this morning Mm. one thing really made it stand out is the marvel characters they always feel like real people with this superhero element part of their life whereas Mm. in the justice league it feels like that's all they are you know wonder Woman is wonder woman is only that batman is only that whereas this you're seeing you know these real people having conversations sometimes about fantastical elements but it always feels real it always feels like grounded people talking in the world and then they happen to mention things like a blip and fighting aliens every now and again (laughs) and it always feels legitimate um and i think that's the thing i enjoyed the most about it especially coming off the back of justice league i think Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm i'm deep in so far i didn't expect it to be um as much of a character study as well, for some reason. I thought it was more going to be like a, almost a buddy cop sort of situation, like solving cases together, working together. I guess I didn't even think about, well, there needs to be time to to establish who these people are on their day to day. Like, oh actually, no, let's not go into that because it's spoiler territory. But <laughs> there's some stuff about Sam's life that you mm-hmm. find out that really adds a lot more. Like, I'm so much more interested in him now than I've been in any of the films exactly. up to this point. I also
2: think and the I, important thing cool. that it does with Sam is it actively recognizes that being african-american in america has an impact on your life and there's some Mm -hmm. stuff that and whether you're an avenger or not (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and (laughs) it does this thing that marvel i think does very well where it kind of like it's almost quite casual about the way that it introduces these elements but because i've watched this episode twice for for review and when i was watching it through again i was like that's actually that it really drills deep to the idea of kind of like sam still experiences racism through the system it doesn't matter that you know he's a superhero that has saved people and and been part of these big things there is there's still some shit about america that affects his life and it's done in such a small way that it's just an everyday part of his life i am interested to see how that plays into this grander idea of a black man taking potentially up the mantle of captain america and what that means for that country like there's a there's a lot of deep things that are explored in the way that marvel does quite lightheartedly that makes it super accessible it doesn't feel like it's too weighty
0: but it does have hidden depth yeah it's brilliant i thought that i thought the the ending was a fantastic tease as well like i didn't really i guess to its benefit i haven't really given this show much thought until i pressed play this morning like it's kind of i knew it was coming but i never really thought about it didn't really watch the trailers so i guess it's all feeling like a surprise so Mm -hmm. far which is nice
1: like, I really I'm, like it. I'm I was, it. we said there's only like one or two action scenes, but I think the opening which is exactly what I said Justice doesn't do, opens with a really fun punch in the face action scene. Yeah. And it's really fun. It's like I think in your review you said it's like a Mission Impossible scene. For mm. me it was like a Nolan yeah. film as well, just like choreographed like that sort of style and Yeah, I was just it was just a really fun twist on what falcon can do and mm-hmm. yeah it was just a great way to open it like, it's like the think... return
0: of george saint pierre as well like <laughs> i haven't seen him for about six mm-hmm. films what's he been doing this entire time uh, yeah he's having been... a
1: good time
2: there's, there's an interesting because the the way that that opening is sort of like a mirror of um of the winter soldier like the original film mm-hmm. um and i think if you go into the show it is the captain america show to the point that yes it's not directed by the russo brothers but it has that that kind of gritty texture that both the Winter Soldier and Civil War have—it's got those political kind of undertones. It's got the it doesn't build a lot of the main plot in this first episode, but what it does build of that plot is very spy thriller-ish. You know, it's it's a terrorist organization, and there's there's elements of kind of like national security and stuff like that. So, I'm re- those are my favorite of the standalone films. So, I'm looking forward to mm-hmm.
1: seeing where we go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to rest that and looking forward to my boy Zemo getting some screen time and <laughs> inevitably having nasty things to say and do probably because he's a naughty boy, Mr. <laughs> Zemo. Uh, let's carry on with Avengers because, uh, last night there was Square Enix Presents, a new stream that Square Enix are doing to update people on all their games. We're just going to highlight a couple of things that were big from that. Uh, mm. I'm just going to kick things off by saying we finally have a roadmap for Marvel's Avengers. What's six it? months after Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Uh six months after launch, we're finally getting some contact some content that was promised in the weeks after launch. So um it's been a rocky road for Avengers. I think that's well documented. There's a lot of fun stuff on this roadmap that I'm excited for, but it does boil down to that thing of every month or two it looks like there's some cool things happening, some cool events. But what is gonna keep me playing this game every day? So if you didn't know, yesterday the next gen and the next gen version drops and Hawkeye dropped along with his future imperfect storyline. Uh I played through the main storyline missions last night. It's still only what, an hour to an hour and a half, four to five missions. It's sadly what I expected it would be, which is a few missions and a boss fight, uh that has a tiny bit of story attached to it. And it's the same old story of Avengers for me as Hawkeye. Very fun to play. I really enjoyed. His abilities, I think he's great fun. I like his interpretation of the characters very good. You get young Hawkeye, you get old man Hawkeye. Both very good. But yet again, after today, I'm like, well, what am I going to play in Avengers now for a few weeks? So Mm -hmm. what they do have coming up on this roadmap is they've got the Tachyon Anomaly event. Are we all excited for that? It's uh, (laughs) basically, it's an event that allows for multiple... Of the same hero to be on a team so we can you can have four hulks you can have four Ironmans if you want playing together because that's one of the complaints about avengers is well if i want to play black widow and my mate's already playing black widow i can't play black widow with him so i'm just gonna what i'm gonna have less fun playing as iron man especially because it
2: demands a lot of time to make those characters viable like you can't just go oh i'll use iron man today because my iron man's like level five and he's piss poor
1: exactly so this event allows basically there's going to be new cosmetics to get but the main thing is it makes every multiplayer mission you can now do it with any characters you want multiples and when i talked so i interviewed them when i talked to them about this i said like is this basically a testing bed like can we see more of this in the future and they they basically said we're doing it for this event and that's it for now but Mm. i imagine if player feedback as i expect is this was great we want this i could see this becoming a bit of a norm in the future but... i guess as
0: somebody who's not really played the multiplayer and doing that kind yeah. of goes against the vision of the playing as the avengers right then it yeah. just, it's another game at that point but, yeah. but at the end of the day you still want your player base to have fun <laughs> exactly that like it's that... way to have fun. i know
1: what you mean it's that is that um thin line you have to cross and but then Around the same time as the Black Widow movie coming out, there's the Red Room Takeover, which is basically Yelena, uh, Black Widow's old adversary is hacked a lot of the robots in the game and you have to collect those and find out who's the source of this hack and what's going on. Also the harm rooms in the games, so which are big, like basically your training rooms. Mm-hmm. They're going to be taken over as the Red Room. And there's going to be like hard challenges to do in those rooms. Yet again, sounds like another few hours of content to enjoy a month. So, do you reckon they've
0: been sitting on that because the, when the film got delayed, or what do you
1: reckon? I don't know. I really don't know. I I, I, did, I didn't ask them that. Either. But uh, <laughs> just, just curious. It's not an official. So it's not an official tie-in. There's no like MCU tie-in hmm. with this in particular. It's just happens to be dropping at the same time as right, the Black Widow okay. film. There are going to be some official MCU cosmetics coming into the game later in the year, so you can get your like captain america from the film skin if you want and stuff like that which i think people people have wanted since day one because i think we're at a point where everyone's favorite interpretations of those characters are the MCU versions yeah. and that's what they want them to look like mm-hmm. um then there's, there's some other like we're finally getting some high level end game missions but obviously the headline is later this year there's the war for wakanda expansion which the word expansion confused people because everyone's like, oh, does that mean we have to pay for it? It's going to be free. Don't worry about that. If you own the game, you're getting it for free. But I think the fact that it is an expansion speaks to me because that makes it sound like it's more than just two hours of content this time. It's going to be... Three big... hours of content. <laughs> and, <we> can... <laughs> and it's, it's all hope. about capturing zones <laughs> and sitting on little spots for four <laughs> minutes. We can, hope, we can hope for what? I like Black Panther a lot. I like Wakanda a lot. I just want a new biome. We got a new biome with the... um hawkeye stuff but it is just a wasteland like it's a post-apocalyptic desert it's not that interesting to look at whereas wakanda is just a fun place i imagine to be there's a short teaser trailer that makes it look very nice um but there's lots of stuff coming with that you've got black panther a new uh, finally a new villain claw voices the uh voiceover so we're getting at least one new villain in claw and a new enemy faction which is his kind of troops because so far we've only fought robots um what what about
0: if claw plays exactly like hulk or an abomination don't please don't (laughs) taskmaster again just a Uh, (laughs) reskin yeah
1: and the power level caps increase so at least that gives something for people who have maxed out their characters something to achieve like it was a weird moment last night so Dale, I know you'd appreciate this. When I loaded up the PS5 version of Avengers, I got my second Platinum just for booting up the game. That sweet, sweet feeling. It? Yeah, I've had a few but of them. It's good. It was bittersweet because, do you know what? I wouldn't have minded if they said, here's five more trophies to go for in this version just to give me something to do in that <laughs> game because I want to play that game. But there's literally no reason. Yeah. Like, I played it for an hour with Greg last night. I was just like, it was nice to have a chat. But apart from that, I was like, which is like, what? what are we doing here See, for me, like, that's, like, the, that's the
2: fundamental fuck up is that
1: <laughs> you shouldn't need to play
2: it to get to like something you should enjoy playing the game like i'm not mm, playing yeah. overwatch because i'm desperate to hit a new milestone that's the beauty of overwatch there are no milestones in that game it's just yeah. about playing it and enjoying it like yeah. i it, I think the mission design of Avengers is the thing that put me off it. Like, I love those characters, and I think there's some fun combat there. But mm-hmm. everything it asked me to do was just go and sit on a point mm. and, and collect yeah. them, and wait for the point to get captured.
1: It's a tough one. I want them to turn it around. Like, this is definitely a step in the right direction. I don't think it's a big enough light like, until we see exactly how big the Black Panther stuff is. I don't think we'll have a grasp on. Like, is it enough to bring people back in? Because at this point there's not enough to turn the ship around completely, but I think it is at least heading in the right direction. And I know Anthem had a roadmap and I know (laughs) like where that went, but I'm just, there is that thing with Avengers is like, they did launch in a horrible time to launch when I speak to them. They basically said the pandemic and working from home made every part of development take three to four times longer than it should have. So like they are, they know they're behind schedule. They know there's lots to do. I just don't have to the feeling in are giving up anytime soon and I'm just hopeful it will get to a place but
2: I don't think they can know, at this point we'll they see.
1: can't afford to
2: because if you yeah, look at when yeah. you looked at Square's um, financials so when Final Fantasy 7 remake came out which obviously did absolute gangbusters you know every mm-hmm. fan bought it and it had you know bought on a whole new fan base and so Square's operating profit was through the fucking roof and then you can see the moment Avengers comes out their operating profit goes into the red and goes into the red by several million Mm. it's just it's been a real tough time and I don't think they can afford like so much of they literally like there are elements of they let um, IO Interactive go as part of like when they were channeling funds into Crystal to make sure that they could make the event because of course the Avengers was going to be the biggest game in the world and then it came out and it wasn't. Yeah. Like they've yeah. got they they can't
1: afford not to, basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm hopeful that, you know, come at, like, you know, this is me speaking someone who probably likes this game more than most people on this planet. Even I'm not hundred percent convinced, so take that with a pinch of salt. Um, let's move away from superheroes, but not completely away from superpowers. Mm-hmm. Uh a new Life is Strange game has been announced. Dale. Yeah. This is, this is your bag, and Um. Yeah, probably not.
0: Probably not the uh, best let's talk, to talk so about this. Me, why
1: don't me and Matt talk about yeah, Life is Strange? About... Um. I'm, to be fair, I'm not the biggest Life is Strange fan in the world, but I don't actively, uh, hate everything about it like Dale does. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. I really, I bounced off the first Life is Strange. I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I just found it a little bit dull. It was a bit too slow for what I was looking for at that time, I think. But I'm, I'm into Life is Strange True Colours, the one they just announced, cause I'm into that character. Her power is, like, psychic empathy, so she can yeah. read people's feelings and know, basically read their minds, essentially. And the setting looks really nice. And do you know what put me in most, Matt, before on, you then. talk about what you wanna see about this? Um, the fact that it's just out and it's not episodic. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what's put me off in the past, is like, I played the first episode of the first one, and I was like, uh, that was okay, but I'm I'm not desperately waiting for the next episode. Whereas this, out in one go, if I want to play it, I can play it in a weekend.
2: Yeah, so I've played two of the Life is Strange games in one go and one of them episodically. So I played Life is Strange 1 at the end of its run. Mm-hmm. I played it, I think it finished just about Christmas time that year that it came out. So I played it over the Christmas holiday. And then I actually did exactly the same with Life is Strange 2. Me and Joe played it over like the, the Christmas, not last mm-hmm. Christmas, Christmas before. Um whereas the only one that I have played episodically is actually Deck Nine's, uh Life is Strange, which is Before the Storm, and Deck 9 are back for this one, yeah. so it's not the same team as Life is Strange 1 and 2. I actually think Deck 9 are probably the better studio. I think there's a lot yeah. about it Before the Storm I liked. Um, I think they had a great announcement yesterday, and that's because I can't think of many games that just fucking gets the audience as well as Life is Strange does. It knows exactly who it's targeting. Yeah. It knows the kind it's of... It's like, like the Snyder Cut.
0: Well, yeah, that's true. That it's very true. Yeah,
1: but it's. I'm like... not in either of those audiences. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's sort of like square overall, and then like obviously both don't nod and deck nine get that kind of like like women are a huge part of that demographic. Kind of queer circles are a huge part, and it absolutely fully caters to those completely without. Mm-hmm oh we're going to brush this stuff under the carpet and if you play it you'll find it but no we've got to put a man on the cover or something like that like it absolutely mm. knows kind of yeah. like who the people to play i love that it is so open hearted that it, it it is completely unabashed about it. you say it's empathy and its superpower this time is empathy whereas before it's kind of been like being able to reverse time and stuff like that it's really doubling down on what the life is strange games are about which is about sort of the human condition and sort of like trying to just get your way through life and life is difficult um i think it's cool that it opens on so alex chen who's the main character like it is they've already said that it's about like the death of of someone close to her and so that won't be a twist now it's kind of like okay well what are the twists that are going to be going down the road um as you say it's all it It is one game. It's split into chapters, so it will have that episodic feel yeah. and have presumably cliffhangers through. But I also like that it's set in a town that looks quite open, so it might have a bit... Whereas the other games have been in the telltale moulds of kind of like it's an interactive movie. One of the things I used to really like about old school point and clicks like Monkey Island was they were essentially open world games. Like you had a whole yeah. island and you could just go around it trying to figure it out. I like the idea of going back to something that's like Here's the town, and there are all the people that you're going to need, and all the items you're ever going to need to kind of solve whatever mystery that that game poses. And just being able to freeform, sort of work that out, and go from bit to bit. So yeah, there's there's a lot, and like it's got it's got all the kind of indie folk music choices that I dig. Well, and... that's
1: what I was gonna say. Like, I it says a lot when I enjoyed this trailer despite it having an acoustic <laughs> cover of Creeping, yeah. which we don't we don't need any more of those. Radiohead nailed it everyone mm. stops singing creep it's not a love song um, I, I, it's definitely not a love song
2: but i mean it's i don't think it's been presented as like life is strange always has the central character is a bit feels they're yeah. out of place and i don't know there's get, a more sinister fits, side to creep but yeah.
1: it fits life is strange yeah. but i was more thinking back to like the X factor days when like people would go on and sing creep i'm like you don't you don't <laughs> you're not really getting what this song is uh and it annoyed me frankly cause stop getting head wrong <laughs> um <laughs> it's what i basically sound like right now um but yeah i i think i'm gonna give it a go it's out in september i think mm-hmm. isn't it? so it's not yeah. far away
2: and it's uh, all it's all it mo-capped go. so it'll actually look good life strange has yep. never looked great and has always been kind of like hand animated so it's always a bit stiff but this time around and also they're doing remasters of the of the other mm-hmm. ones so they're doing life strange and before the storm, which apparently has new animation, so I'm hoping they've done a bit of mocap for those as well. Cause they deserve nice. it.
1: Mm. Lovely. Uh, the last square game we're gonna talk about is, well we'll talk about it briefly because we frankly don't know a lot about it. But we do know that Project Athia is now called Forspoken, uh, which looks a bit mad it's i'm trying to get a grip on what exactly it is, but is it's that like a
2: motherfucking a, dragon
1: it is is i like that that was just in there nice yeah. touch um but it's about a woman it looks post-apocalyptic but she's wearing modern clothes so it's like a fantasy post-apocalyptic but she's wearing very much like she's wearing like trainers and jeans as far as i can see kind of that urban fantasy feel that's yeah. kind of like quite popular in like ya literature um, at the moment yeah and we got a little like we've barely seen anything but i'm I'm into it like the traversal looks ridiculous i mean I'm it looks sure like final fantasy
2: 15 because obviously it's the yeah. same engine as final fantasy 15 mm-hmm. and a lot of the developers are from the final fantasy 15 project um but yeah i'm the what did we get 20 seconds of
1: footage i'm yeah. into it <laughs> yeah should be big like tendrilled roots out of the ground to destroy something i mean yeah i'm into it i'm hoping it's I'm hoping it is like yeah, a good old, good old, uh, just a good action RPG and not too like in the weeds. No pun mm-hmm. intended. Like a uh, like Final Fantasy, like too much like menu management mm-hmm. system and skill points. I'm hoping it's more like Square Enix's almost like Horizon sort of game. You want it yeah, to be closer definitely. to like a Platinum game, right? Like
2: like near uh, yeah. Aut- Automata has got like its RPG elements, but is fundamentally an action game with some RPG stat side. Yeah.
1: I'm into it uh, I think they said 2022 which means probably 2023 uh, so <laughs> we'll see <laughs> uh, but yeah into it thank you Square it just, it's just nice these days to have any sort of stream or event or announcement because yeah it's just nice to hear stuff uh, do you know what's also nice the endless search the
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah and the ones and twos we got the games gonna play for you inside i got a question for you hold up the dj we coming through
1: yeah yeah and the ones and twos we got the games gonna play for you inside i've got a question for you
0: is it in the search
1: the son of godiva
0: what quiz do you bring us today well i bring you a quiz from another quiz master from someone who's written in for a quiz and his name oh. is Alexander Fisher. So thank you very much for sending this in. This one caught my eye and you'll see why we'll get to it in a little bit. I didn't mean that to rhyme. Grot. Right. <laughs> uh, so Alex says, uh, I assume it's Alexander. Sorry. I'll, I'll full name you from now on. Alexander says uh, endless search submission for you. Hope it entertains kisses. Uh, so the name of his quiz is called the goof is loose. And it's a very familiar format, an IMDb-driven format, okay. but this time we're talking about the goof list, or the what they call them goofs, I guess it. I, lists of goofs, yeah. Where uh, IMDb has a list of goofs for films where users have pointed out errors. Sometimes these are editing mistakes, okay. sometimes historical inaccuracies. All a pedent- pedantic. Guess <laughs> the film from the list of the goofs. So the the interesting thing he's done here, which is why it caught my attention, it was. Obviously, some of the times, character names have to be mentioned in these goofs. So, yeah. I keep saying goofs. Goofs. I keep saying goofs, <laughs> goofs like it's V-E on the end. Goofs. <laughs> goofs. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, sometimes I've got character names, but he's replaced all the character names with names of IGN UK podcast hosts or previous hosts as well, which I think makes <laughs> okay. it a little, okay. bit of, a little bit of fun. So okay. uh there's three for each the scoring system is usually the same. Three points for correct answer after one, and then so on and okay. so forth. Uh, right, let's do this. I'm just going to draw it. A, a little table so I can keep do it. score. It. Okay, film number one. The world map on the wall of the radio room, as well as the one in the exercise room, shows countries with present-day borders. Oh, That is quite tough. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I... These are all films, aren't they? These. Yeah, so they're games. all
0: films, yeah, yeah, IMDb. yeah. I don't What are so the I mean, rules yeah. again? So, the world map on the wall of the radio room, as well as the one of the exercise room, shows countries exercise. with present-day borders. Exercise room. Know, my head's
1: it... gone to Inglorious Bastards for some reason.
0: It's not Inglorious Bastards. It's definitely it's got
1: to be a sign... historical film, though, right? Because It's, it's, it's got to be, about... like, pre-1990. It's got to have, like at least Soviet stuff going on. Mm. Is it like the... Um... <sighs> Exercise room.
2: What's the one with Cumberbatch in the... the...
0: Theory of
1: Everything?
2: No, no, the one about the enigma. No, that's...
0: Um... That's man. Cumberbatch is not in this
1: film. Oh, the imitation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not that. No. It's not that one.
0: <laughs> that's a good film. I like that film. Hmm? Right, I'm moving on to the next one
1: yeah, yeah. Here we, and here's
0: the first name drop as well oh. which is a weird one to go for first but here we go when lucy james escapes from her bodyguard <laughs> into a lift she raises her middle finger at him not a gesture of edwardian not a gesture an edwardian lady would use mm.
1: I, it's definitely one that lucy james would
0: use uh <laughs> i can tell you that so i'll read that is it the again, prestige but... It's not a prestige. When Lucy James escapes from her bodyguard into a lift, <laughs> she raises her middle finger at him. Not a gesture an Edwardian lady would use. Into a
2: lift. What? So it's, it's a as bodyguard. a
1: point. Put uh, have a bodyguard. Ah, uh, this is annoying. Is like feel... the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? <laughs> no. Ah, uh, An Edwardian... Your bodyguard, uh,
0: the mummy. No, it's not the mummy. Oh, right, oh, I'm moving on to the last clue. Yeah. The, t- <laughs> the tune that Tamor Hussein and Lucy James danced to <laughs> on the steerage is called The Hills of Connemara, written by Sean McCarthy, who was born in 1923, 11 years after the IGN UK office sank.
1: Oh, Titanic. it's Titanic. It's Titanic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: who said that first? Was that Cardi? Cardi, yeah. yeah i hadn't Jeez. read that one in I mean, advance so when i got to the ign uk office bit it caught me by surprise <laughs> Yeah, okay. right. i think we're actually going to get some actual host names in the next one there we go. <laughs> while joe Screbbles is traveling in outer space the stars in the background are blinking in reality the apparent blinking is due to the atmosphere between the stars and the observer so in space this phenomenon would not occur <laughs> there's
1: a lot, a lot of space films in there uh, Interstellar?
2: No. A Star Rabbit. Wars film?
1: <laughs> it's not a Star Wars film, no. Good. Gravity? I'm no. just going to name space
0: films. Let's carry on. Let's <laughs> Ad Astra. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, we're moving on. When the Chris Tilly finds paint on the floor, it stops. And when it stops, you hear the sound of tyres screeching. Yet the Chris Tilly hovers around on the ground. Moon? No. Mm. See why he thought that, though. <laughs> it's not stellar, either. Hover a floating there. robot. So I'll read it He's... again. When the Chris Tilly bot finds paint on the floor, it stops. And when it stops, you hear the sounds of tyres screeching. Yet the Chris Tilly bot hovers above the ground. Screeching.
2: There's something in space that uses paint and has a flying
1: robot. <laughs> Alien? <laughs> no. No, there's nothing more than that. Um, what do you call it? what's the film I'm thinking of? <laughs> what's the film I'm thinking of?
0: Oh, it's totally gone out. I feel of my like head. if you can't think of the film name, then you definitely haven't got it. <laughs> okay. That'll make sense when we get to it. Okay, uh, okay yeah. the last one. The waste cube. Event Horizon, that was, no. the film I was thinking. <laughs> ah, you He's struggling to figure that out. It's all time classic, mate. Ah,
1: I just not come to my head.
0: The waste cube that Joe Scrabbles produces during the interview. Wally! It is Wally, yes. There we go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, do you remember the
0: bit with the paint when there's that little robot who's got like, the brush on the end it's of his hands? It's been a long
1: time since I've seen Wally. Oh, I watched I it not long ago. It's good. It's very good. It's
0: a good film. Yeah. Good. All right. There's Moana. Uh. Oh my God, you and Moana! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're moving on. When Simon Cardi visits Daniel Kruper in February, it's obviously winter with snow on the ground. Yet after a brief meeting, they venture out onto a balcony where it's summer with green foliage and no br- and no breath visible.
1: Oh, that does sound like something we'd do.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what change seasons? <laughs> yeah, yeah we're masters of the season. Uh i mean that could be anything
1: <laughs> i mean yeah uh the girl with the dragon tattoo no Pick <laughs> picking a film that had some snow in it
2: that's always snowy isn't it yeah. it's not
1: uh, skyfall no Did that, uh, i don't know it, it, inception I don't
0: know. <laughs> no i feel like i'm gonna move on yeah yeah, yeah could be anything when matt Perslow is in jail and traps the guard <laughs> yep. he begins the scene writing down his tricks all ten fingers are visible when two of them should prestige. be partially got. It is the prestige? Prestige. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, and the last one on this is when Simon Cardi and Jesse Gomez, both played by Hugh Jackman, <laughs> are in a circular tracking shot together. Simon Cardi wobbles up and down slightly, revealing him to be inserted—an inserted visual effect. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. There we go. I mean crew who was uh, David Bowie in that scene? I'm guessing. Yeah. So that's that, fair. Uh, that's a treat for him. <laughs> All right,
0: the next one. Dale Driver has a pronounced Scottish accent at the start of the film, <laughs> which deteriorates <laughs> markedly just in a couple of scenes. By the end of the film, he has an upper class English upper class English accent. That's bizarre. Who could that be? did
1: robert da- sherlock holmes did he do something like that no it's sherlock. got to be you might like have that. done that but
0: it's not Sherlock Holmes.
2: <laughs> but danny jr has a terrible welsh accent in uh, yeah. dr doolittle but
1: yeah <laughs> a scottish accent that turns into,
0: into english english upper class english, english like, accent within a couple I feel of like scenes
1: I'd, i feel like i'd know this film off the top of my head if i uh...
0: like i i know this film very well and i've never noticed that or never thought about that so we did say they were pedantic yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, i think we need another clue here okay right mm. keza mcdonald says that she's a vegetarian later in the movie she is seen about to take a bite of jello jello's key ingredient is gelatin which a vegetarian would not eat
2: i mean you can get vegetarian jelly yeah, can't you, can, you? so yeah. maybe yeah, so is this very set pedantic? In, but or is this set in a time when vegetarian alternatives were not available
1: Oh. Maybe mm-hmm. who knows? Scotch. Oh, is this Matilda? No, no. Uh, for some reason I had the Miss Trunchbull had a Scottish accent at the start and it <laughs> went. Does she? I don't think does she. No, she probably doesn't. Probably all in my head. Okay, I'm going
0: to move on. Who's the vegetarian in Matilda?
1: I'd... Someone could have been. Yeah. Matilda looks like she could have been.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm moving on. Miss
1: Honey. <laughs> it's not
0: Matilda. Uh, when Alex Simmons is holding the baby Gav, oh wait, sorry. When Alex Simmons is holding the baby Gav Murphy, he asks Stuart reed "What species is this?" And he replies, "What species is this?" And he receives the reply, "Uh, it's a Welshman. In fact, Welshman is the <laughs> is the genus of the animal. The genus of the animal, not the species." Jurassic Park it is Jurassic Park. Yeah, if I know so it was all on the table there and on that's one the welshman bit is like yeah, yeah like, Ooh, who's f- scottish? So who has a scottish so i guess they're talking about um oh what's his face hammond. hammond yeah does he in the first couple of scenes i guess is when he goes to grant I at mean, the, the dig site and he proposes i mean yeah he's the he does he thing i feel called. like he does There's have elements of that. a scottish accent then
1: yeah i, I mean. don't know I don't know why Attenborough chose that. Uh, yeah, use your voice, mate. Uh, there
0: you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's,
1: who's the vegetarian? Vegeta- uh, it
0: it's a girl. Yeah, the young girl. I forget her name. Um, yeah. But she, yeah, she's the one eating Jello, isn't she? There we go. What is her name? It's Timmy, and oh, that's really. Wild. Doesn't matter now. Doesn't it does. Matter. I need to know. Um, oh, anyway. I'll search for
1: you. Well, anyway, park. it's
0: five nil to Cardiff right now. So say. this is this is just for fun. This last one. <laughs> Tom Butler is seen holding a Granny Smith apple. Granny Smiths originated in Australia in 1868, around 150 years after the events of this film.
1: Uh, Her name is Lex, by the way. Ah, there we go. Alex, Lex, Lex. Uh, um,
0: Sorry, say that again? So Tom Butler is seen holding a Granny Smith apple. Granny Smiths originated in Australia in 1868, around 150 years after the events of the film. So you know old when one, the then. film is. You know when the film's based.
2: Is, is the Granny Smith that distinctive?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know a Granny Smith when I see it, mate.
1: It's got, it's
0: got a distinctive
1: <laughs> crunch, so maybe yeah. they heard it. I imagine in my head, The Granny Smith was like, I don't know, in the late 1800s so I'm thinking this is like a a, quite old film.
0: I Mm. don't know. I mean, it tells you almost exactly when the film is based. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: 150 years before the 1830s. 1868, so
0: 1700. I I completely
1: ignore that fact. (laughs) me trying to show off when I know when The Granny Smith was.
0: (laughs) Shakespeare in Love?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure a bit of any film from that era. The Other
0: Berlin Girl. It might oh. not be a true story, by the way. Uh uh-huh. When Luke Kamali and the Robert Anderson are leaving the house from the promotion ceremony, automobile track tyres can clearly be seen.
2: Oh, as in, like, there's been a, a car on there's set. There's been
0: a car and, there and, when there yeah. shouldn't be a car. That's just basically an extension of the previous one, isn't it? it it's like it's old. In the s- 1600s pirates of the caribbean it is pirates of the caribbean though. Hey! Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last one is when rory powers arrives on the hms rkg to fight the cursed pirates some of the naval personnel are fighting no one because the cgi skeletons weren't put in there we go there we go I thought it was a nice nice bit of fun a Thank different you very game much.
1: different game it was a fun game i enjoyed it uh yeah good stuff cheers uh, alex Thank you. Alexander, please, for yeah. his full name. He does actually put Alex, uh, Alex Fisher. Oh, okay. Sorry. Fine. Mr. Fisher. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> why don't we have some feedback? How about we do that? Remember, if you want to send yours in, IGN underscore UK feedback at com, and tell us why we are Snyder Cut haters. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. I'll, uh, I'll start. We've got one in from Tom Smith who says... Hey guys, listened for a long time and never had and never felt the need to write in until now. The talk of conkers reminded me of a conversation I once had with my wife's now deceased granddad, Joe. I had to verify this with my father-in-law as I was doubting I remembered it rightly. Joe was an NHS dental technician and once took and once took the time to hollow out a conker and fill it with some super hard dental stuff, enamel, I guess. <sighs> <laughs> Probably a flagrant breach of the official Conker rules, but a strong effort nonetheless, and a great use of taxpayers' money. Not sure how it fared, but I'd like to think it's still going strong somewhere. Jitters from that, Tom.
1: That is outrageous, but you gotta admire the lengths. Yeah. That uh, have gone to there. How do you, like, patch it back up, though, and cover mm. the Conker, like, back? How do you, well, if you do inject, that seamlessly?
0: you inject in through the hole, maybe? I
1: suppose, yeah, rather than, how do you hollow out a Conker, though, through a hot, like, yeah. sure, So you have to, can you, like, melt it? <laughs> I don't know. You have can no you idea. Melt, can you melt a conker? Maybe maybe this just pat- is the stuff we need to know.
0: Maybe he patched it back together again. But I like to think that after his first few rounds, the outer shell of the conker shattered, and then you've just got this ball of, like, enamel or whatever
1: <laughs> Yeah, it was. white stuff. They're like, what's going on here, then? They get arrested. <laughs> That's it. Uh, that is a, I don't ever condone cheating, but I do condone ingenuity.
0: So, do you remember um when you that. guys were talking about conkers recently, it reminded me... When I was a kid, when obviously it might surprise you to see, know that I was big into my Conkers. Um, my yep. dad was very much like, take me out, conquer picking sort of situation. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but do you remember when you drilled the hole for him? Did you guys have the drill with it? Like, it was like a hand operated drill. Oh, with, with like a, a crank, crank on, on, the on the it. Yeah. I yeah. don't,
1: I don't know if I ever did the drilling. I don't know if I was ever allowed uh, to do I, the drilling. I just,
0: I, th- I thought about them and I thought, I haven't seen one of those hand operated drills in probably 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Because of that. Just like a, yeah. a relic of the past. I do remember.
1: Lovely little, mm. lovely little boss. Boss. Were you a conquer champion, Dale? Were no, you no. good at them?
0: I, I, no. I remember being okay, but I don't remember competing in. There wasn't a formal competition. <laughs> it was just more, just no. have a go, have a go with your mate, and that's about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Did you do the vinegar technique there? I did, and I did the oven technique yeah. as well.
1: There we go. <laughs> Everyone knows. Everyone knows if you. are well, I think everyone in the UK knows. Maybe they don't. Yeah. Maybe everyone's as confused as everyone else. Right. <laughs> I have a piece of feedback here from someone I've, sorry, I forgot Toby. to put the name on it. Toby Summers. There we go. Um, says, Hi, IGN UK team. Long time listener. First time writing in. A lot of people seem to do that. There we go. Where are the people that have not been listening for long but writing all the time? That's what I want to know. (laughs) Um, After listening to last week's podcast and hearing the piece of feedback about the game for an event that hasn't happened, it immediately made me think of what has happened with the F1 game and the Vietnam Grand Prix. Like most years, Codemasters released a new F1 game to reflect the current season of the Formula 1 calendar, but because of the pandemic, the real-life races were moved, postponed and cancelled but because the game was being developed before this happened, it has the season how it would have been without lockdown. This includes a new circuit for 2020, the Vietnam GP, which which was one of the races which was cancelled. However, when the 2021 season was announced, there was a distinct lack of the newly built Hanoi street circuit. Well, it turns out the race will likely never happen due to the planner for the GP being heavily involved in corruption. (laughs) So the place you can see the F1 cars drive around this racetrack is in F1 2020 game. So not only is this a game for an event that hasn't happened, it is for an event that will likely never happen. (laughs) Kind regards, Toby from Portsmouth. And for God's sake, respect the sea. That is very interesting. So the only way you'll see F1 cars drive around the Hanoi circuit is in a game,
0: because it would likely not happen in real life. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you could say, like, oh, there's loads of fictional races in games, but this one was fictional only, like, fictional after the fact.
1: Exactly. This (laughs) race (laughs) course exists in in real life, but won't be used. (laughs) That's crazy. Don't do corruption, kids. It's not (laughs) big, and it's not clever. Okay? That's the lesson we've learned from this, I think.
0: And if you get away with it
1: then it's pretty clever what have you been doing
0: all <laughs> <laughs> right okay this email's is from sean. selling
1: enamel conkers to kids Ooh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, i've got some conker techniques i'm not declaring on the podcast all right keeping them secret <laughs> uh this is from sean cottrell and he says sup fellas first time long time and all that jazz Love the podcast and kept me sane during the night shift. I think Cardi and Matt have both mentioned about watching films when they're a kid probably that they probably shouldn't have. I know when I was about nine or ten, I watched Event Horizon with my parents and let me tell you, I shit myself. (laughs) My parents gave it the typical, it's not real, which was about as reassuring as a warm fart on the day after a night of drinking and curry. Do you guys have any instances where you were watching a film, TV show that you were too young to watch? Side note, that, that Mad Bastards Caligula <laughs> declared war on sea. Don't be like Caligula. Respect the sea. There we go. Always never hmm. be like Caligula. I don't know if i sorry. I don't, I do
1: remember a similar thing where I was nine or 10, like basically it was one of those days where I really didn't want to go to school and I basically told my mom i'm not going to school i'm not doing it i, I don't feel well and all that yeah. so i spent the whole of the morning watching gladiator when i was like <laughs> nine or ten which is quite a violent film mm-hmm. um i was nine or ten but that got me up until like lunchtime, school time. And then my mum, when it finished, was like, right, you're going to school now. And I went in for the afternoon because <laughs> my primary school was only like a 15 minute walk oh, away. Right. So I could do that. Told everybody um, about
0: gladiator when well, you got into no, And my,
1: my mum regularly brings this up whenever I put like gladiator on or something like she'll bring this up and I'll be like, I still say to her to this day, I learn more from gladiator <laughs> than I did from that half day of school. Yeah. And I'm convinced about that. <laughs> I def, I learned about the Roman Republic. I learned about how to make a film. I learned about, I don't know, uh, tigers. <laughs> I learned a lot. <laughs>
0: um, my, I, my younger years was like full of all these sort of films because, um, before I was born, my dad had a, a video rental shop that he it was like, um, back in them days in the late seventies, early eighties, some people would have, buy a load of videos and copy more, all and then go around door to door, like delivering them. <laughs> that's what that's, he did that as a business for a while, but since then the business, he'd stopped doing that. And he'd gone to work in a factory after that. But he still had all the videos left. So we had drawers full of all these films. And I would just, when I, like yourself, when I had days off school or whatever, I'd go through and just pick random films. This is how I watched uh, The Exorcist when I was about 12, I think. (laughs) So that one, the funny story about that one is I'd seen Poltergeist on TV late at night. And I thought it was that. And I wanted to watch Mm -hmm. that again. So I I saw it and picked up and put it at play. And then about halfway through, I realized, this is not that. This is very (laughs) something very else. Um, but yeah, I, I watched um, like, uh, Aliens is like one of my favourite films, and I watched that probably when I was about nine, something like that. I mm-hmm. probably shouldn't have seen it at that age, but it's kind of desensitised me a bit as an adult now, I think.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah my memory uh, is, I don't know if I've said this one on the podcast before, but when I, about nine or ten, was when, um, can you remember when Furbies were a big craze? They're not that <laughs> um, scary, mate. Yeah, but um, my dad was <laughs> like, campus, our Furbies are like gremlins. And I was like, I don't know what a oh, gremlin right. is. Like, I'll go and buy you gremlins. So he we went down to the local blockbuster and like yeah. bought a copy of gremlins on VHS from them. And he gave me that and obviously the start of it is very like a Furby. <laughs> it was like oh this is quite yeah. a cute little muppet thing yeah um probably a
0: bit too early in my life to see a gremlin like forced into a microwave and erupted like a volcano it gets dark yeah. towards the end of the yeah. film like, there's, there's that gremlin that like scratches that woman's face and it's mm-hmm. really vicious and i remember that yeah. yeah i saw it as a kid as well I, been quite I, I love on.
2: gremlin like it is one of my favorite films i think it's such a cool like idea and it's a very grim dark fairy tale but as a nine year old, when you don't kind of get what dark humor is, like yeah. all of the stuff with gremlins that whenever I used to turn the lights out, I just used to imagine like there's a scene where um I think, it you know, Stripe, the, like the, the mm. key sort of gremlin. Yeah. He's hiding in the in the cupboard with the medical supplies in and Billy goes to open it and he sort of kicks the door open and slices him open. And that yeah. I remember being for like probably around sort of like 10 to 12 years old. Every cupboard I opened in the dark I would assume there'd
1: be a gremlin in it. There's still Got that music uh, in your head all the time. I think, <laughs> I, think I can see I can see something in the drawer behind you there, Matt. So, uh, just watch it. I'm I'm uh, not looking.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. That was a pleasure. Uh I have had a lovely time. Mm-hmm. Uh what what music should we have? Creep. <laughs> <laughs> uh the Snyder, uh, I'm not there playing are a Hallelujah. Lot of... I refuse to play Hallelujah at the end. Oh, of
0: piss off. Yeah. Can we play the proper version of Creep? Can we do that?
1: Yeah. Let's yeah. just play Radiohead's Creep because that's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, and what a jolly way to see out the end of the podcast. Uh, bye-bye. bye bye. boy. See ya.
0: So fucking special. I wish I was special But I'm a creep.